This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. And something that he said uh, really made me think about how Paul and Timothy were. He said, man, I wish I could just quit everything I was doing and just serve the church fully. When I go to sleep, I'm thinking about how can we make this better. When I wake up, I'm like, Lord, give me new vision and desire for this. You know, as a pastor, it makes me really happy that there are people who are so excited about what God is doing in this church. And I could see that, man, this guy is ready to go the extent to, to see how the church can grow. He has a genuine care for the church. And Paul continues to say, not only genuine care for the church, but he's also, um, verse 21, for they, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. So he says, this guy, he's not just seeking his own interests, but the interests of Jesus Christ. He's absolutely selfless. And you see this in how Timothy sticks around when Paul gets beaten up. Man, can you imagine? I mean, he's, he's nicknamed Timid Timothy. That's why Paul has to write to him to say, hey, be bold, be strong, be courageous. And he sees Paul getting beat up and left for dead, and he doesn't leave and run away. He comes back and he follows him. He comes back and he serves him. And I'm sure that even Timothy was, was imprisoned, and I'm sure Timothy was beaten up too. But he doesn't run away because he wasn't trying to serve his own interests, but he, the, that of Jesus Christ. Let me apply this in your own life. For you to have the interest of Jesus doesn't mean you stick your nose into everybody's business. Okay? This doesn't mean that you go try to fix people's problems. For you to have the genuine interest of Christ, make yourself a person that's available for those that need help to come and talk to you. Again, it's not about you beating others as a billboard, but you standing as a billboard that says, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so, and if you need this love of Jesus, come talk to me, man. Because too many times in the church, we have people poking their nose into other people's business, and you actually become a person that people try to stay away from. And your billboard says, jerk, don't talk to me. Stay away from me. I'm a Bible thumper. Instead of saying, if you need a listening ear, I'm right here. And I'll tell you this, being a youth that grew up in church that did not like church, that walked away from church, my brother and I wrote a song about how what the church needs to grow in is having a listening ear. You go talk to homosexuals that are struggling and want to come to church that actually want to find out more about Jesus. They will say, no one's willing to listen. They all want to beat me with the agenda. This Thanksgiving around your table, listen. This Christmas when you're sitting with your family, listen. And let your billboard say, I'm ready to serve. I'm ready to listen. I'm not here to, to shove my agenda. And you know what? I'll tell you this, being a youth pastor, you will hear a lot of stupid stuff. You would hear stuff of scripture taken out of context and twisted and torn down and gone. I mean, it's like, that's from the pit of hell. But listen, just listen. And you know what? This is what I've experienced. When you listen long enough, they will ask you, what do you think? Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. So that verse, you know, no, I'm kidding. Oftentimes we don't wait. Our billboard doesn't say ready to serve. Our billboard says, I'm ready to tear you down. I'm ready to argue with you. I'm ready to prove you wrong. You know what I'm saying? And our billboard's got to say ready to serve. Timothy, his billboard said ready to serve. And it showed in unity, in care, in his selflessness. But why did Paul have to go out of his way to commend Timothy? Why did Paul have to take this time and be like, hey, by the way, Timothy, he's this awesome, crazy, good star. It's because Timothy was going to be sent to Philippi to take Paul's message because Paul did not know if he was going to be released from prison or not. And when Timothy goes to church, he wants the church to know that when, Paul, when Timothy speaks, it's as good as Paul speaking. Isn't that crazy? That Timothy, little timid Timothy, is going to go bearing the words of the Apostle Paul. <laughs> That's insane, man. That kind of excites me because for me, 
being a little runaway from home when I was, you know, what, 15 years old and smoking pot in the streets in India and, you know, trying to do something on a side hustle that God would use me now to speak his words. If your sign can really, out of humility, say, Lord, I'm ready to serve, you'd be amazed at what God can do. Verse 22, it says, But you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. Oh, Lord, I pray that there'll be more relationships like this in the church in the church. This, this unity, this care, this selflessness all shows itself in this genuine relationship. Let me tell you, this is a side note, but I think it's very important. Your intimacy with Jesus will be directly proportionate to your friendships with those who love Jesus. Your intimacy with Christ will be directly in proportion to those that actually mentor and pour into your life. And if you don't have a mentor that's actually speaking truth into your life, I would really wonder how intimate you want to be with Jesus. I think you have a punch in punch at Christianity. If you're not running around saying, hey man, I need the words of truth. Amen. I need to be poured into. Stretch me. Convict me. Where is the sin in my life? I want to grow in this area. How do I grow in this area? Man, God's calling me to, this, to do this, but I need to find someone that's doing this well. I need to drive to Arizona to find out, man, how can I grow in this area? I need to buy some books. I need to listen to some podcasts. I need to talk to this person who's doing this. I want to go out of my way. If you don't have intimacy with those that walk with Jesus, man, it really is like, I don't, I don't know if you really are intimate with Christ because if you, Jesus says, if you, if, you, if you cannot love the brother that you see, don't, don't, don't come with this bull that you love your father who cannot be seen. So if you don't have intimacy with those that love Jesus, it's kind of iffy. It's like, I don't know if you actually love Jesus if you have an intimacy with Christ. Your intimacy with Jesus will be in direct proportion to your relationship with other believers, especially those that pour into your life. So that to say, side note again, if you don't have a life group, you need to join a life group. You have to. You have to learn to be friends with others. We saw this in, in, in Timothy chapter uh, 2, verse 22, I think it is. He um, says that, Pursue godliness, not just run away from sinful lust, but pursue godliness. And then it says, in community, in fellowship with those that call on the Lord with a pure heart. We need in this time to have a community of people that call on the Lord with a pure heart. Sure, you might be of a different age than me. You might be a lot older than me, a lot younger than me. But if you have a pure heart that's calling on the Lord, we got to fellowship together. Now is the time the church needs to stick together, man, so that we can go out into the world and make a difference. Am I preaching to someone this morning? Okay, good. Because I feel like I'm preaching better than you guys are shouting, man. 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul, in the end of his life, he says, Hey, Timothy, I want you to come for me. I want you to come for me, man. I want you to come and hang out with me. Bring me my stuff. Bring me my cloak. Bring me my books. It's so crazy how much Paul trusted Timothy, how, how close friends they were. Even though they were such different in call, so different in age, so different in the, in the way they were saved, so different in their background, Paul really wanted to be around Timothy. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, it says, This is why, for, by the way, Corinth, this church was whacked. I mean, you thought the church that you left was bad? Oh boy, they got nothing on the church in Corinth. These boys were creating some crazy havoc. But see what Paul writes. He says, that's why I sent Timothy to Corinth. He sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Man, Paul really trusted Timothy so much. Because Timothy sought unity, had genuine care for the church, selfless, ready to serve. What does your sign say? What does your sign say? If there was the Apostle Paul, so to speak, hey, even better, if there was the king of the universe whose eyes are going to and fro, seeing whom he can strengthen, would he see selfish ambition, conceit on your sign? Or would he say, ready to serve? Ready to serve, Father, right here. Whatever you call me to do, whatever task is at hand, I'm ready to serve. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 Paul says, Timothy, my child, I entrust you with this command in keeping with the previous prophecies about you so that by them you may fight the good fight. For those of you, 
that you're signed for 20 years now has said ready to serve and you've been serving well I want to challenge you real quick don't give up the fight don't take down your sign because <laughs> as I was writing this in my spirit I felt like there were some of you that feel like the way I feel you've served faithfully for years and you're being beat down you're tired and, and you want to flip the sign of saying temporarily out of service <laughs> you know God on a break be back shortly Sin looked more enticing, so I've gone that route. I'll be back because his love endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, uh, don't take down the sign. Fight the good fight. Keep that sign. Wear that sign with joy. Wear that sign with a good holy pride of saying, I serve my king, ready for service. And, and isn't it interesting that Paul had to challenge Timothy, hey, fight the good fight. Don't take down that sign. Verse 23. I hope therefore to send him just as I see how it will go with me. Quite possibly because Paul's going to send Timothy once he gets view, news of if he's going to be released or kept in prison or killed. He's like, hey, listen, Timothy's going to come and fill you guys in on what's happening with me. Verse 24. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Even in that, you see that Paul genuinely had care for the churches. Man, if I was in prison, I'd be like, after I get released from prison, I want a seven-year sabbatical, brother. You know, send me off on a cruise. I want to go see Jerusalem. And well, Paul, he known Jerusalem, but I'd be like, let me go see all the holy sites. But Paul was eager. As soon as he got it, he was like, I want to go visit the churches. And you'd see that even in, in Timothy. Are you ready for the second guy? So one, we see the Timothy, the Timothy billboard. It's very challenging, very convicting. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit's convicting of saying like, man, what does my billboard say? The second guy, it's really interesting because it shows us that no matter who you are, no matter what you've been through, you have potential. And the question is, will you use it? No matter who you are, listen to me very carefully. Old, young, divorced, married, remarried, 15 times, you're the woman that is sitting by the well in Samaria. You have potential. The real question is, will you use it? Or will you, in your own you know, self-pity, in your low self-esteem, will you change your sign and saying, out of service? Or would you change your sign and say, ready for service? Knowing that God has given you potential and your job is to use it. If you're sitting here and you're breathing and, God, and you need to know that God is the one who created you and he's fearfully and wonderfully made you and every day of your life is written in his book and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. Even if you've gone through immense and terrible failures, he's also factored that in. He's, thank God he's factored in my stupidity. Thank God he's factored in my sin and still says, I've given you potential. The question is, will you use it? You know, there are always excuses that you can make to not be used in kingdom business you can come up with a hundred excuses and for every excuse there are at least hundred reasons why you need to still move forward to be used for the kingdom of God look at verse 25 I've thought it necessary to send you Ephroditus I tried to spell this dude's name and I just could not so I gave up Ephroditus Ephroditus um, his name is not mentioned anywhere else it's just the only place it's mentioned but this guy is, is really an amazing amazing guy Aphroditus his name comes from Aphrodite the Greek mythical goddess Aphroditus means loved or favored by Aphrodite so fair chance that these guys that he comes from an idol worshipping family so this guy was a worshipper of idols and, and, and his parents worshipped these idols so much that they named their child after this idol name which you see quite often in, in India you know children named after the, the, the Hindu gods and his name actually Aphroditus is a good luck chant that's used by gamblers and when they're gambling to ask Aphrodite to favor them because his name means favored or loved by Aphrodite so when he was born his parents were like he's favored and loved by Aphrodite but what happens Jesus shows up and pow things change in his life I'm telling you it's such a beautiful thing when idol worshippers turn to Jesus and throw away all the idols and follow the one 
true and the living God. And I've seen it happen in India and it's been beautiful. And we need to pray for that happening to happen in America too because you go down to the north and you see a lot of these statues sitting in the yard and you're like, what in the world is happening? But see how Jesus transforms this idol worshiper. Three descriptions that relate to his relationship with Paul. Paul says, I thought it necessary to send you Aphroditus, my brother. Hey, I want you to track with me, okay? My brother. Okay, who's writing this to who? It's Paul, who was Saul, who was a staunch Jew, a Pharisee, a murderer of believers. A murderer. And, and, and these Pharisees, they looked down on Gentiles. I mean, their prayer was, thank God I'm not a Gentile. And Jesus changed Paul, and now he calls a Gentile, who's not only a Gentile, but now a Christian, a brother. Now, in our, in our modern-day Christian, you know, churches, we're like, hey, brother, how are you, brother? Oh, doing well, brother. You know, it's like, brother, brother, this brother, they pray for me, brother. Oh, God bless you, brother. I'm blessed, brother. And what is used so, you know, it doesn't have any sense to it. Back in the day, there was friend, which is people among your family, among your tribe, among your caste, and there's master and there's slave. There's nothing else in between. And here, Paul, this, is, this blows my mind. Paul, a Pharisee of Pharisees who saved calling a Gentile idol worshiper who has become a Christian who Paul used to murder, calling him brother. Only in the gospel will you find races come together. Only in the gospel will you find people who have sinned against each other come together and say, brother. In its truest form, in its truest sense, only in the gospel will you find people who have hated one another, who have conspired once against each other, come together and say, man, I know I've sinned. Jesus has forgiven me. I know you're a sinner. Jesus has forgiven you. Let's be brothers and sisters in Christ. Isn't it beautiful that even in this church, you can come across people that you've not had a good relationship with, but when you watch them worship God, immediately that hatred can go away. Know that that's a brother in Christ. That's a sister in Christ. It's very interesting how Paul, he had to humble himself to call himself, call this guy brother, isn't it? To call him brother, that'd be a lot of humility. But don't forget the humility of Aphrodite too, because he's traveling six weeks, six weeks to bring Paul love from Philippi, risking his life. So Aphrodite is coming all the way to, 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 to Rome where Paul's a prisoner. He travels six weeks with a bag with some gifts that the Philippi church had sent through him. Maybe some, you know, I don't know, Philippi chocolates. You know, some personal notes of encouragement. But Aphrodite is traveling this. Think about this, man. Think about the humility that happens when you come to know Jesus. For Paul to be able to say, man, he's a brother in Christ. And for Aphrodite to say, man, I will leave my family leave my children, leave my church, and I will travel six miles, risking life. In fact, he was nearly half dead. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store. 